Westbridge, good morning. You guys doing okay today? Yeah, a little bit? Okay, good. We'll get you there. My name is Jeff Zog, and I'm just thrilled to be here today. I want to welcome the online campus, and uh, I've been a fan of this church for quite some time. Actually, there's a team of men, a part of this church, the Fathers for the Fatherless team. Raise your hand if you're a part of that team or you've joined that team this year. Yeah, several of you guys are a part of that team. It's incredible. Um, I lead that movement. We are all across the country now rallying dads, rallying men to ride their bikes 100 miles for the fatherless. So I applaud you guys. I've been cheering for you for a while. Also, though, I, I learned that not only the men are stepping up, but I learned that there's a team of women, Amanda Stank and the team, the Run For Her team a month ago. Who was on that team? Any of you guys, the runners, a part of that team? Okay, this is a big deal. The women doubled up. They had over 60 women run. And uh, it's just such a big deal to be a church who says, I'm not just going to feel, I'm not just going to feel bad about injustice. I'm going to be, we're going to be a church. And I know this is true about Westbridge. We're going to be a church who does something on behalf of those in a really hard place. And in in this case, you guys bike and run and do other other things to say, no, it's wrong. This is not okay. Injustice is not okay. I'm going to raise money and raise awareness around these causes. So thank you for being that type of church. Uh, I'm a part of the venture team. And we just say, man, when we do hard things for people in hard places, uh, that's, that's when we move closer to the center of God's heart. So appreciate you guys. Let me introduce myself. My name is Jeff Zog, and this is my family. I've got a picture of my family here. Uh, We love uh, two things, and you guys are celebrating these two things today. One of them is we love Kids Camp as a family. Let's put our hands together one more time for the 250 kids who are a part of camp. When, when kids experience the joy of their Heavenly Father, the love of God, and they get to have a lot of fun doing it, it's a huge deal. So I love that I'm here on Kids Camp Week. The other thing that I love is I love being a dad. And today is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day. It's, it's one of the favorite things that has been gifted to me as being a dad. And some of us, when you hear Father's Day, you're like, man, Father's Day is actually not my favorite day. There's maybe some pain in our past around Father's Day. Some of us are like, it's my favorite day. I love being a dad and I love my dad. Either way, I believe God has something for us today and he wants to invite all of us to experience the love of the Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, and step into uh, being intentional fathers. So, so let me share one fun thing that we did as a family recently is the Murph workout. Anyone familiar with the, the Murph workout? You strap a 20-pound vest on. It's inspired by Michael Murphy, and it's kind of gone crazy. Uh, Michael Murphy died in combat. He was a Navy SEAL. And it's, you strap on a vest. Here's a picture of him. Um, you then run a mile, do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and run another mile with a 20-pound vest on. Now, we invited Dad Awesome, the ministry I lead, we invited dads to do the Dad Awesome Murph, but instead of a weighted vest, we chose, let's use the weight of our children. So I've got a few pictures of my family joining me for the Dad Awesome Murph. Now, you guys see these pictures, and you're like, wow, you must be pretty strong. I actually only did one rep of each of those things with a child on me. There's 20 reps total, so one out of the 20. Now, I did do the run with my three-year-old on my shoulders, but uh, the other ones, the pictures are deceiving because I did not do, and maybe someday I'll be able to do the whole thing. Uh, The reason I bring up the Murph, though, is the extra weight can make us stronger. So extra weight can be good, but extra weight can also be not a part of God's plan for our lives. And today on Father's Day, I want to talk about weight. I want to talk about the burdens that often we just continue to add. One more year of life, one more year of burdens and weight and stress and worry and hurt. That's not God's plan for us. God doesn't want 
when there's things out here that seem heavy, he doesn't actually invite us to walking carrying that weight. He's a good, loving God, and he wants us to throw off that weight. Matthew 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. The invitation is simply for us, come to God. And you came to church today on Father's Day. I believe that is a step we're ready to receive. What does he have for us? God's promise for us. If we come to him, we don't have to come to him with a a, a plan, a strategy to take away this weight and worries. We just have to come to him. And his promise to us is, I will give you rest. I thought Father's Day might be a good day to share a dad fail. Dad fail stories. You can never go wrong there because it makes, we're all together. All of us who are dads have failed. So here's my story. Five years ago, my oldest daughter was just two years old. She's two, she's cute, she's learning a few things. I'm a rookie dad, and we actually wanted to empower her to take some leadership on the home front, a little two-year-old, right? So we said, hey, you can set the table for yourself. So we have this little cabinet in the corner of our kitchen, and it's got a, it's got a little door that swings open, and her dishes are in there, her plasticware, plate, cup, spoon, bowl, and that's her little cabinet. And then above that are, are three shelves, and we put just decorative glass mason jars on those shelves, just decorative little corner cabinet next to our kitchen table in our kitchen. And again, this is five or six years ago. We invited my wife's grandma. We call her Gigi. She came over to have dinner with us on this day, and she's sitting at the kitchen table, and we invited my daughter to go set the table for herself. Just kind of this, you know, rookie parents were like proud of our little girl. She's going to go set the table. So she goes over, and my, my girls, I mentioned I have four daughters. They're passionate. We got a lot of passion in the Zog family. She, uh, she pulls on this cabinet a little harder than usual, and as she pulls, that entire cabinet came toppling over onto my cute little two-year-old. Now, I was within about 10 feet and was able to catch the cabinet before it hit her. I was able to catch it. I ran a little faster than I just showed you there. Um, I caught it, pushed the cabinet back up, grabbed my daughter. I was not able to stop the glass mason jars from raining down. These are quart size, large, large mason jars. They came raining down. I pushed it up. The cabinet hit the wall, ricocheted off the wall, back down onto the kitchen table, flipped the table over, and... Somehow, miraculously, my little two-year-old, I'm looking at her, she's not injured. She's not hurt. She's not bleeding. She's okay. The glass mason jars missed her, miraculously. The table, though, was flipped over. The cabinet smashed. Glass everywhere. The glass went way beyond the kitchen, way out in the living room. This just explosion of, of uh, cooking uh, ingredients that were in those mason jars just exploded everywhere. My wife's grandma, Gigi, stone-faced, not saying a word. I was afraid she was having a heart attack. She's just like could not believe the devastation. The tables flipped right in front of her. My wife is the opposite of stone-faced and silent. My wife is screaming. She's about 10 feet behind me, screaming, standing in broken glasses all around her. And like I said, my daughter's okay. I helped my daughter, my wife, and Gigi around the corner into the living room. And they had dinner over the next hour or two. It was about two hours of time that it took me to clean up the disaster, the mess. It was, it was absolute mayhem in the kitchen. Now, what could have prevented that crashing cabinet, that disaster, the two hours of cleaning? What could have prevented that is a $2 anchor wall strap, child strap, in about two minutes of my time to strap this strap to hold that cabinet that was top heavy. Two dollars, two minutes could have prevented a lot of uh, even, I mean, it could have been devastating to my little girl. That mess, we continued to find broken glass two to three months afterwards. It just appeared. Even though I took... So many hours of cleaning, the glass kept coming back. 
Now, I think there's three possible ways this ties with all of us today on Father's Day, talking about weight and walking in God's freedom. I think some of us might feel top-heavy right now when it comes to the weight of this world, the weight that we're carrying, hurts and pains. We might feel like the disaster hasn't happened yet, but we're feeling like those heavy mason jars above plastic wear down below with no wall strap. There's some, some uh, wobbliness. We're not steady. If somebody pulls on us or pushes us or a little extra weight is added, we could come crashing down at any point. That's where some of us are at. Some of us, in the last year or two, these have been a hard couple of years on so many levels. Some of us, the crash has happened. We're currently in the disaster of pain and hurt and, and worry and stress because the table has flipped, the glass jars have exploded, and we're in the mess right now. That might be our spot. Some of us, Two or three decades ago, something happened that caused a crash. The weight of the world, sin, people sinned against us, hurts, pains. Something came crashing down in your life that caused a lot of pain, maybe decades ago. But today, just like that broken glass does continue to come back month after month, even after I cleaned it up, the pain comes forward and you're still experiencing some pain. There's a chance that today on Father's Day, some of that pain is coming up because of something in your past The disaster happened a long time ago, but the pain is still felt today. We know this is true. God is a loving father, and he's outlined some promises for us. I'm just going to look at a couple verses out of the Bible that I believe is his path forward to experience freedom. His path of us coming to him and him removing the weight. doesn't matter if it's pre-disaster, currently in a disaster, or a long time ago that that weight and pain came. Uh, He's not smiling at this, this mess of a kitchen that I'm standing in, the mess and pain that's been caused. God's not smiling. He's not happy. He was with you when whatever happened, happened. He's with you today, and he wants to see us walk in freedom. That's his heart for us. He wants to see us walk in freedom. So we're going to look at, you can turn here, Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2. Father's Day text today, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we, have, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So when I read a couple Bible verses, I just pray, and maybe we all could do this to some level when we read, God, what do you have for me in here? And often God turns a passage into bullet points for me. It's just like, this is the way I learn. So Learn along with me my style, if that's all right. I'll share my bullet points with you guys today and then how it connects with the story of the crashing cabinet and the broken glass. So I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, is part one. Then I throw off everything that hinders. I throw off the sin that so easily entangles. I run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, and I fix my eyes on Jesus. So we're gonna work our way through this. Starts with being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. It it feels like this is like the throwaway line of the verse. It's like, okay, so I'm surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, now what? And there is a word, therefore, that precedes this. Therefore, I'm surrounded by. We need to actually look at the chapter before, Hebrews chapter 11, to know why this first line is the launch pad into these verses. Uh, This comes down to looking at our position. We are positioned with the faithful surrounding us, coming before us, and we can build into having uh, faithful friends and mentors. So, so it's not a throwaway line. The chapter before is the faith hall of fame. Hebrews chapter 11 is like, this person in faith did this, and look what happened. They changed the world. And this person in faith did this, and, 
It's one of those, if you read with a little deeper voice than usual and with a little extra passion, it'll stir you up. Hebrews chapter 11, it'll stir you up. So, so here's what we know. We can open our Bibles and read Hebrews 11 or other passages. We know that before us, the faithful have persevered and have found great freedom. God has used them to change the world. But I don't believe this is only saying, look at Hebrews chapter 11. I believe we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Um, it, it implies to today we can build and grow our faithful friends and mentors. And this church community can be that circle for you. We are surrounded. This is where this starts is we're surrounded. The wall bracket, that little child safety lock with the cabinet, if you have that in place, it's anchored and steadied and it's fastened with strength against the wall so it doesn't come crashing down. Some of us, again, the cloud of witnesses, the faithful, our mentors and friends and knowing these, these heroes of the faith, that will help us be steady even when a little more weight is added. Or you haven't quite experienced God's freedom in this area, but you still have steadiness because of the faithful that surround you. So that's, that's where we launch from is we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Our position is we are anchored to the faithful and we're building into a, a circle of faithful friends who love God and can help us be steady when the, heavy, when the weight comes our way. So that's where we launch from. The next part of the verse says, I throw off everything that hinders, everything. I throw it off. It's an action required statement. I have to throw it off. And this is relating to our past. I mentioned this already that maybe our past there's things that have happened that have brought pain into our present. Thinking back to that kitchen and the disaster and the broken glass, if I would have just taken a broom and swept the broken glass and all the sugar and rice and, and, and coffee beans that came crashing in those, in those jars, sweep them under a rug. Just sweep that stuff under a rug and then go join my girls for dinner. I could have gone with the, the quick three-minute cleanup version. Now, would any loving father do that? Would they leave a two-year-old in the house with a whole bunch of broken glass under a rug? There's no way. There's no way. I would never do that. Uh, the Passion Translation, Hebrews 12, verse 1 from the Passion Translation says, let us, or I'm sorry, let go of every wound that has pierced us. So we're talking about wounds. It's not just, it's not just like, hey, I did this thing wrong. Maybe we, I was wounded in the past, but the invitation is to let go of those wounds. Let go of them. These could be mistakes made, sins that I've stepped into, hurts that other people have hurt, hurt me, offense. Any loving father would take careful, thoughtful time to clean up that mess. We're going to take time to clean up the broken glass so it doesn't hurt uh, a child. Have you ever stepped on a piece of broken glass before? Does anyone? I, I'm barefoot all the time in my house, and my wife loves mason jars. So, so broken glass with four little daughters. Like, it's a real thing, stepping on broken glass. Um, when you step on broken glass, you can't run, you can't play and wrestle with your kids, you can't go cook dinner, you can't do anything. When there's broken glass in your foot, it takes all your attention to get that broken glass out of your foot. I think some of us have a pain or a wound from the past, and we're trying, we're limping along, saying, it's all right, it's in the past. I swept it under the rug, it's in the past. And the pain is still bringing pain to your present. And that's not God's heart. It's not his heart at all. Forgiveness, I believe, is the path forward. If we welcome God's forgiveness, if we forgive ourselves, if we forgive the other person who hurt us and wronged us, the offense was with them, like forgiveness is the path forward to not bringing that pain forward. To experience God's freedom, 
Um, that's his heart. He wants us to experience God's freedom and walk without the weight of our past. And here's another crazy thing about glass in the feet. When I step on glass, and this, this happened just recently, we lived in an RV for 169 days this past year as a family with our little girls. We traveled the country with Dad Awesome, this ministry, and leading these rides. Well, the RV had tile floor. What kind of RV has tile floor, right? So, so we broke some glass in the RV, and I step on a piece of that glass, and the pain in my foot was very quickly followed up with a feeling of gratitude, a feeling of, I'm glad that I stepped on that glass. Can you, why would that be? It's because when I step on that glass, and this is not purposefully after a glass breaks, this is after I've cleaned everything and I think it's all good and then I step on the glass. The, the feeling of pain in my foot as a father is a gift because I know that my little girls are not gonna step on that piece of glass. My little girls are not going to pick it up and put it in their mouth. That's never happened before, but I'm praying it never will. But the pain for me is protecting my kids. So the work that we do of going into our past, the work that we do of experiencing pain, it's painful to get the broken glass out of our feet, but the forgiveness, the healing, the freedom leads us to being able to show love and protection to our kids. They don't have to experience that pain forward. My response is gladness when I experience pain because I'm grateful my kids don't have to. Now, who showed me the way to being a father like this? Look what God did for us. Romans 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent his son Jesus to gladly take on our pain so that we can experience forgiveness, the casting off of weight in our past, so we can experience salvation, freedom from that sin. Uh, Jesus died for us so we don't have to walk with carrying pain forward, pain forward. It's just another year, there'll be more weight added to me. Jesus died for us. Like, this is such great news. This is such great news. Jesus was glad to step in and take the pain so that we don't have to. And we can be parents that do the same things for our kids. Now, it's complicated. This is complicated stuff. Like sometimes it takes, and it has for me, taking a Christian counselor to help me go into my story, my past, and understand things that I actually didn't even realize. That, that caused deep pain that I'm carrying forward. And a counselor has helped me experience this uh, forgiveness and forgiving myself. So I, I recommend, it took me seeing multiple Christian counselors before I found the right one. But courageous people, Go see a counselor. Go see a Christian counselor. It takes great courage, but man, you are giving the gift of courage forward and freedom forward to your kids if you see a counselor. Throwing off weight, throwing off everything that hinders, here's the other part of great news for our kids. It's a double blessing. This is the anchor verse behind the ministry Dad Awesome that we've been, I've been leading for four and a half years now, uh, is this verse, and this is the setup, the great decision verse for all of us as dads, as moms, as mentors and leaders and coaches, like we all can step into this verse. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your kids may live. This is where it's saying if we choose life, we talk about adding life to the dad life at Dad Awesome. Choosing life is a pathway forward for our kids to experience life and our grandkids to experience life. It's hard. The choice of life versus death is very difficult and painful, but when we choose life, our kids get to live. 
So let's recap the first two, two portions of this verse. The first is we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So we are anchored. Our position is one of surrounded and anchored and strengthened by the faithful. And we're building into faithful friends and mentors. Second part is we throw off everything that hinders. This is our past. We're going to pay close attention to, but we're not going to get focused. We're not going to stay fixated on it. We're going to go into and experience God's freedom and healing and forgiveness. We can move forward and not carry that forward. The third part says, I throw off the sin that so easily entangles. This is our present. We're, we're focusing on the present and we're going to make sure we don't drift to the direction of entanglement of sin. But what does it say here? I mean, it says so easily entangles. The default is, is entanglement with sin. The, the default is in our present. We're adding but sin others, the hurts, pains from others, or our own choice to move into sin. The default is we're entangled by sin. We need to throw it off. And I think this is about more than sin avoidance. It's, it's really easy to think, um, well, I should throw off, it, it says here, throw off the sin that so easily entangles. So I guess I just need to throw it off, throw it off, throw it off. I need to, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Have you guys ever seen a parent, this is totally, I've done this way too many times, a parent who says, don't do that, don't touch that, don't do this, don't say that, don't do this. The don't do parenting, how does that work for you guys? It doesn't work great for me. What, I, what my kids need, my kids need is a bigger yes. I need to show them the yes, not focus on the don't do, don't do, don't do. I need the same thing, and I think all of us need the same thing. The, the sin that so easily entangles, we just focus on the sin. I don't think we experience freedom. But when I believe when we focus on a bigger yes, freedom from the entanglement of sin needs a bigger yes. And here is... Here's, here's God guiding us to that bigger yes. And it's this verse, James 1.27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This is the, this is the left hook, right hook. This is the one-two punch. Is God's design is not don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. His design is that we have a bigger mission. In this case, this verse, it's helping the fatherless. That's, his design is get a cause that's at the center of my heart, and then that will be the pathway to not being polluted by the world, to not experiencing the entanglement of sin. Mission paired with freedom and purity. It's, it's paired. It's a pairing of chasing this, not just avoiding that. I don't think it's possible to throw off the sin that so easily entangles without a mission that you're moving towards. And that leads us right into this next, the, la the second to last part of this. So, so we, we started here, we're surrounded by the faithful. Surrounded. Our position is we have strength because of the faithful that have gone before us and are surrounding us. We throw off the sin that, that, uh, that hinders. We throw off everything that hinders. That's our past. We look there, but we're not stuck there. We throw off the sin that so easily entangles. That's what we just talked about. And now we're going to move into running, direction, purpose. I run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This is a forward-leaning, resistance-battling posture. This is, this is God saying, like, no, you need a focus, a mission, a direction, something beyond yourself, a bigger yes. And this is what caused us at Dad Awesome to launch Fathers for the Fatherless three or four years ago. We said, what if instead of just trying to become better dads, dads who are more intentional, what if we actually mobilize men towards a mission that's at the center of God's heart? So we rallied men to ride their bikes 100 miles on behalf of the fatherless. What we did is we set up basically a, 
Uh, we, we set up a perseverance required uh, a process where men join something that's going to be hard. And in learning about fatherlessness, we're actually training as friends. We're surrounded by our team members and we're going after it. And when we're done with the ride, we're actually, I think, more positioned to live a life that expects resistance and can press through with perseverance. And we've had this example of doing something for the fatherless, something at the center of God's heart. This is a picture of the team here at Westbridge last year. Not the full team, but part of the team when I came up and joined the team here. And uh, this year we have over 35 men who have already said, I'm going to ride my bike 100 miles to help the fatherless. This is an example of a mission that we've stepped into that's going to take perseverance. And I love this story of how the ride has affected Mike Vanderreet uh, is a powerful story. So I'd love you to watch this, and then I'll share a little bit more. My name is Mike Vanderreet. My family and I have been attending Westbridge for almost three years. I first heard about the Fathers for Fatherless ride when Paul from Venture spoke at our church on Father's Day of 2020. What kept me from signing up the first time um, were a number of excuses. Um, I don't have time to train. I don't have a good enough bike. I'm not a good enough bike rider. I don't have enough experience. Um, all kinds of things that I made up in my mind to convince myself that it just wasn't, wasn't for me. What made me sign up the second time was having another year to think about what Paul had said, think about the impact that Venture was making, um, making me realize that I had enough margin in my schedule to have the time to train, to get the training miles in and to get the training rides in. And then some Encouragement from Eli, some may call it bullying, but um, I'll call it encouragement. The finish line the day of the ride was an absolute highlight. We were able to gather up as a group all the riders about a mile from the finish line so that we could all finish together. And our families, um, plus many other people from the church were here waiting for us. They had the street leading up to the church lined with signs and um, all of them waiting for us to receive us, to cheer for us. And I tell you what, after a long day and an exhausting day, it was just uh, um, it was the encouragement we needed. Chick-fil-A and a cold beverage waiting for us didn't hurt either. What I'm most looking forward to about this year's ride are the group training rides. Some of my training was done by myself early in the morning, sometimes before work. Um, but those rides when I could get together with some of the other guys, we could gather together to build friendships, to encourage one another, to um, learn how to ride as a group, learn how to rely on each other. It was just, it was, it was great. It was something that I thoroughly enjoyed and I'm really looking forward to again this year. During the training last year, um, something that gave me a lot of inspiration was I had received a donation from a single mom in our church. And when I went to thank her for her generosity, she just shared a little bit with me about her story, um, about her and her kids, and how them seeing all of us guys out training for this ride and being dedicated to the cause of fatherlessness, how it was inspiring to their family, and how it was giving them hope that there are good men out there, that there are good husbands out there, that there are loving men that care about others and care about the fatherless situation, and and are dedicated to doing something about it. What I would say to someone who's maybe sitting on the fence is don't listen to those excuses that are in your mind. Um, 
there is a great group of guys that are ready to support you, to ride with you, to train with you, to help encourage you. Um, you can make the time to do it, and I promise you it'll be well worth it. So what I really appreciate about Mike's yes, him saying it, it took a year. He didn't say yes the first year, but he said yes is it was a triple impact. So he was impacted because he found, you know, friends, enjoyed the train rides. He's like, man, this, is, this helped me. I, I grew in perseverance. I accomplished something significant. Then it also impacted, the second impact point is his family. His family saw a dad who did something very hard for a great cause, something right at the center of God's heart. The third impact, though, is through fundraising. He just simply shared, do you want to be a part of funding this mission of helping the fatherless? And here is a single mom who said, man, I'm not only going to be generous, but like this is changing me. I am so grateful for this team of men. So she's blessed. So that's where it's just, I love these stories of like, it, it goes way beyond what we think. That simple yes goes beyond what we can even hope for. Here's the passion translation again of the second verse. It says, then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. I do believe when we step intentionally into what's hard, when we do something with a great purpose beyond ourselves, when we grow in perseverance, I think our life is, what gets added is more passion and more determination for things that matter. Like a church who says, no, I'm, I'm not going to just think about injustice. I'm going to go do something. I think moves us closer to a life of passion and determination. And it helps us run life's marathon race. So we started with a positioning. We're positioned with the faithful surrounding us. We moved into throwing off everything that hinders. We looked at our past, but we're not stuck in our past. We've experienced freedom from as we move forward. We moved into throwing off the sin that so easily entangles our present we're not going to continue to add weight through making decisions and experiencing hurts. And we're, going to, we're going to throw that off. We're going to throw it off by having a bigger mission that leads us to running with perseverance, this race marked out for us, having a purpose. And this takes us into our last portion. I fix my eyes on Jesus. It is so easy to live life with my eyes fixed on myself. It's so easy to fix my eyes on my past, the pain, the wounds, hurts, real hurts, to keep my eyes focused there. Uh, it's so easy to have a perspective that's focused on, on distractions or, or sin or the entanglement. Like, it's so easy to have my mind focused on, on places that are not a perspective of on Jesus. Like, that's the invitation. Focus on Jesus. Have a perspective of your eyes fixed on Jesus. Our eyes are actually a great indicator of the kind of weight that we're carrying. If, if uh, your eyes feel like they're growing more dim, it's probably because we're not walking in and experiencing God's best, his freedom. Uh, the, the weight might be compounded and it makes your eyes dim. When we walk in freedom, our eyes shine. And guess whose eyes shine if our eyes shine? If you're a parent or a grandparent, your kids, you will notice more of a shine in their eyes when you and your eyes are shining. And it's because of the gift of freedom and it's because of fixing our eyes on Jesus. The weight of this world will continue to add a movement in our lives towards dim eyes and towards a focus on things other than Jesus. That's the default. But we can choose to fix our eyes on Jesus. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes, the thief who is the accuser, the enemy, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to do that with our perspective. The thief wants to kill, steal, and destroy our perspective off of Jesus to other things. That will weigh us down. But Jesus came. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We're not talking about just barely achieving freedom. 
barely achieving forgiveness, life to the full, the abundance of this promise is God wants us to have all of that, all of his freedom, all of his peace, all of his uh, forgiveness for what happened in the past. That's his heart. It's his heart. So we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We have the strength of knowing that our position is one of surrounded by the faithful. We throw off everything that hinders our past. Our past is, we're not just moving past it, we're actually experiencing forgiveness and freedom and peace and love forward, not the hurt forward. We're throwing off the sin that so easily entangles. Our presence, we're not going to be distracted and get entangled by sin. We're going to run with perseverance. We have a purpose that's significant, a mission that's significant. We're going to run expecting resistance. And we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. I titled this message, Fatherhood and Freedom. And I've been praying for you guys. I've been praying for a double miracle, that a double miracle would happen today. And here's what I mean. When a parent experiences freedom from weight, when a parent experiences freedom from weight, their kids receive protection from pain and the gift of walking in freedom. It's a, it's a double down miracle. It's a double forward to our kids. They get to experience protection from pain and the gift of walking in freedom. That's the double miracle that I'm praying for. And today, maybe many of us know this, maybe some don't. Today is actually a double holiday. Today is Father's Day. Today is also Juneteenth, June 19th. Juneteenth is Freedom Day. So we have Father's Day and Freedom Day. And knowing about the double holiday, when I was invited to come speak today, I immediately started focusing in on fathers and freedom. And, and I'm like, I'm going to pray for that, that fathers would experience freedom, that, that parents would experience freedom so that our kids experience it. And uh, here's, here's kind of where this comes from. The backdrop is Juneteenth for me is, is not a holiday that I've celebrated my entire life. In fact, it's just the last three or four years that I have learned about Juneteenth and I've begun to teach my girls and we've begun to seek out Juneteenth celebrations and read books and, and watch some YouTube kind of educational videos around Juneteenth. So we're, we're new to this, but Juneteenth, it's the oldest known celebration commemorating the ending of slavery in the United States. Dating back to 1865, so this is, you know, 160 years ago, uh, it was on June 19th that the Union soldiers, led by Major General Gordon Granger, landed in Galveston, Texas, with the news that the Civil War between the North and the South, that killed over 600,000 Americans, that it had ended. So great news, number one, that he delivered is the war is over. Great news, second half of it, General, Major General Granger said the announcement was that all slaves were free. Now, this marked the last group of slaves to find out about their freedom. Even though President Lincoln, the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, was two and a half years before this. It just took that much time for them to find out in Galveston, Texas. Can you imagine how it must have felt finding out that you're free? Can you imagine how it would feel to know that for two and a half years you were free, but you were living as if you were a slave? Now, I can't imagine... Like that scenario, I'm, I'm trying to be a dad who's learning and helping raise girls who understand other people's pain. I have not, like this is new and I don't ever think I can fully understand the weight of two and a half years of extended slavery. It's unimaginable. But I believe just like that broke the heart of God. And, and, and slavery is just like, like, I mean, our freedom also is very, very at the center of God's heart. Delayed freedom is dangerous. Two and a half years of delayed freedom. 
Uh, I believe some of us, maybe more than two and a half years, have known about freedom that we're welcomed into, but have not stepped into experiencing it. And I think what God wants, the center of his heart for all of us today, is to not delay freedom. He wants us to experience freedom so we can pass forward to our kids and grandkids uh, a heritage of like, we stepped into it, we experienced God's forgiveness and love and we walked in freedom. Like that's his heart for us. He doesn't want any of the killing, stealing, destroying. What the enemy wants for us is to delay freedom. We get to step into it. The choice is ours and the impact is way beyond us to us choosing to live in freedom. Father's Day, Juneteenth, Freedom Day, same day. What if today was a day that we stepped into experiencing freedom from our Heavenly Father? When a parent experiences freedom from weight, their kids receive protection from pain and the gift of walking in freedom. I'd love to pray for all of us that we would step into praying together around following Jesus and following Jesus with a path of not, ex- not holding on to weight but experiencing his freedom. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you that your ways are good. Thank you that you are a gentle God. You are a loving God. And thank you for your invitation to each one of us to step into living free. Step into casting off the weight and the burdens and the the hurts and the pains and the unforgiveness. God, you invite us to step in. And because of your son, Jesus, In his death on the cross, you've you've invited us to experience salvation, the great rescue that we can step in and say, I'm going to follow Jesus so that I don't have to carry weight forward. I don't have to carry sin forward. I don't have to pay the price for my sin. I can receive your good gift of freedom. We choose to follow you today. We pray that you would help all of us to take a step forward and experience your peace and your love and your salvation. Thank you for freedom today on Father's Day. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for having me today.